0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Uh, what I'm going to be doing today, I'm going to continue my uh, top 10 Stephen King lists. Today I'll be bringing us the top 10 Stephen King heroes. But first guys, I, uh, I want to shamelessly plug some own stories that that I have written um, that I think that all of you would like. If you do like Stephen King and you have enjoyed my analysis of Stephen King's works, then why not check out my own works? Uh, because I have been fortunate enough to to have some publications. Um, so there are currently two that are on the market that that you can get right now. All you, all you need to do is go on over to Amazon. Um, one publication is Dark Moon Digest, issue number 22, edited by Lori Michelle and Max Booth III. Uh, you can download it on your kindle you can put down the Stephen king cast right now and go download it on your kindle but if you want to read it the old-fashioned way then all you need to do is just head on over to amazon and have them ship you on over a copy uh also uh, a story that you can uh, read right now it can be found in the pages of Nine Tales Told in the Dark. Um, electronic pages, I should say. Um, again, you can find it through Amazon. It was published by uh, Bride of Chaos. And um, there are nine tales uh, in that collection, and one of one of those tales was written by yours truly. And uh, I don't know exactly when this particular episode is coming out. Um, it is currently middle of February, so maybe by this, by the time this comes out, the, the next publication will be available, and that is the anthology Wax and Wane, A Gathering of Tales, uh, edited by David T. Neal of Nose Touch Press. It is available um, beginning on March 2nd, 2016. Um, It is an anthology specifically all around stories about witches, and one of my stories was included in there as well. And coming this August, you'll be able to find another one of my stories in Trysts of Fate, edited by L.A. Story, uh, coming this August. So you might be asking, well, how will I know which one is yours? constant listener or constant reader or constant podcaster uh... um, well i i guess the only way is to buy at least two of those um, publications and you will see that there is a a common author among them and and that way you'll you'll find out what my my pseudonym is you still don't know my actual name but my pseudonym is is in is on display in uh, the pages of these magazines. So, I mean, I think that for a lot of us, Stephen King, um, I think that a lot of us were drawn to Stephen King because we too are imaginative. And um, though we don't have the uh, the production value, um, meaning you know how often he's able to churn out works uh or maybe even the work ethic or his his genius i think that a lot of us have have given a shot at at writing um and i have been very very fortunate this year that um that four stories have have been picked up so hopefully in the the weeks and months to come I will have information regarding future stories that you'll be able to, to read by by yours truly but in the meantime if you have liked my thoughts on Stephen King and wanted um, wanted to see you know if I if I had what it takes to, to actually step into the the horror ring and 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 hold my own why don't you head on over to, to either dark moon digest or nine tales told in the dark wax and wane or trysts of fate and and let me know um, and as always, in terms of the Stephen King cast, uh, you can head on over to iTunes and write a review and if you if you like the show. And, um, you know, uh, send me a listener email at uh, StephenKingCast at yahoo.com. Speaking of listener email, I think that it's time to read a couple of listener emails this week. And uh, we have. Um, let's see. So, Happy Halloween, Stephen Kingcast. So, this was clearly around Halloween time. First, I would like to thank you for starting this podcast and the vast amount of work and thought that you put into every review and discussion. Your astute observations, humor, and wonderful music choices make for a thoroughly entertaining podcast on one of my favorite authors of all time. I discovered the Stephen Kingcast back in May of this year and was instantly hooked. It did not take me long to listen to your entire backlog of episodes, and now I eagerly await for every Friday morning to get my weekly fix of Stephen. I was especially waiting for your review of the novel movie Dreamcatcher, as this is a story I have a love-hate relationship for as well. I was a freshman in college when I first read the novel after hearing about the plot and the characters, and I was really looking forward to it. An isolated cabin in the middle of the woods during a blizzard cut off from the world while a parasitic alien plague is spreading? Sign me up! My older brother happens to have Down syndrome, and I was so excited to see how the great Stephen King would write for a character who was just like him. I had very high hopes after reading The Stand, and how King wrote from the perspective of Tom Cullen, especially the part where it explained how his thought process worked and how happy he was when he made a connection. Tom felt like a real three-dimensional fleshed-out character, and he was my favorite character in the entire novel. While I read Dreamcatcher, I find myself very torn on my thoughts of how the character of Douglas Cavill was portrayed. At the heart of it, I was pleased that a character with Down syndrome growing up in the 1960s was living at home rather than in an institution, and he was accepted and loved by a group of developmentally normal peers who continued that relationship into their adulthood. While I did find the use of the nickname Duddits a bit demeaning, I forgave it by remembering how my members of my own family got similar loving monikers based on childhood mispronunciations, how sister became sissy and grandmother became gram, etc. I even forgave the constant arms raised celebratory exclamation, I thought it!" by telling myself that it was just another Stephen King catchphrase and we all know that they can't all be winners. While Duddits might just be another in a long line of Stephen King characters that have special powers despite their mental handicaps, such as Tom Cullen, John Coffey, Seth from The Regulators, Annie Wheaton from Rose Red, the novel ultimately failed for me because his character was not as fully real to me as Tom and John were. Duddits seemed to be more of a plot point or a MacGuffin than a fleshed out human character, which I always thought was a missed opportunity. The movie was even worse. Not only did they not cast real qualified actors with Down syndrome, just look at Jamie Brewer from American Horror Story, but in the end they stripped the character of his humanity altogether. I simultaneously was crushed and furious when seeing this in the theaters for the first time. The first half of the movie was absolutely beautiful, but then with this one decision to turn Duddits into an alien, it seemed like they were saying that people like my brother shouldn't even be thought of as people at all. Anyway, thanks again for all of your hard work. M-O-O-N spells Stephen Kingcast. P.S. Was there a reason you did not cover the TBS miniseries Adaptation of Desperation with Ron Perlman as Kali and the little kid from Stacy's Mom video as David? I remember actually liking that one quite a bit. Um, the reason I didn't, uh, review that is because I, I started watching some of it and it was just god-awful and I didn't really want to put myself through it. Uh, um... But that is a great uh, observation about Duttitz, uh that I'm glad that that you brought to, to our attention. Um, uh, so thanks for writing in. And everybody, if you haven't done so already, feel free to write in to Stephen Kingcast at Yahoo.com. Um, I'll read one more um, One more listener email is from, this one is from Gabriel, who writes, uh, Hi, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months and have listened to almost all of the episodes. I've been a reader of SK since I was in middle school, and I love the analytical, academic, thought-provoking, and entertaining way you discuss his novels. You've actually made me want to reread some of his novels, as I didn't either remember or missed some aspects of the novels that you brought to sleep. Like many adults, my reading went from about a book a week to every other week, to barely reading more than textbooks or newspapers and magazines. But in the past three weeks, I've read Revival, Everything's Eventual, and Mr. Mercedes. I've bought SK's Bizarre of Bad Dreams, and I'm currently reading Dr. Sleep. And tonight, while scrolling through the Stitcher, I saw that you've reviewed this book, and so I will have to not listen to your review because the book is on that pivotal, super, super intriguing, hard-to-put-down spot. I, like others that have written and worry about your podcast ending after you reviewed everything. Since you are amazing at this, would you be willing to do a review of Dean Kuntz? I know a lot of people make fun of him, but I also like Kuntz. I think that he just gets to the point of the story faster with less character building, to put it in the simplest and probably understated way. I can't wait to hear your review of The Show and Tales from the Crypt series, as well as more in-depth analysis of the individual stories with SK's anthologies. I know it will be awesome. Keep up the great work. P.S. Desperation and the Regulator were one of my favorite types of collaborative writings. I forget if you reviewed the very um, very of-rated version of Desperation. I think it was made by Fox Family Channel. Um, it was TBS. Um, if not, it would be hilarious to discuss how bad an adaptation of the movie was. Which, being a lifelong fan, it seems that in most examples, SK's work is not translated well to the screen. Were you able to catch a documentary about Kubrick's The Shining? Um... I didn't. I, I, I watched some of um, Room 237, I believe it's called. Um, I, I, I haven't watched all of it. Um, PPS, your podcasts are so well made. I was wondering if you ad lib what you will say. Um, Plus, I thought it was so sweet and sincere when you did your New Year's Eve podcast and your wife called for you. I think it really shows your dedication to the podcast. Sorry I rambled so long. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, Gabrielle. Um, so thanks for writing in, um, Dean Koontz. I will not uh, be doing a Dean Koontz uh, podcast. I I uh, um, I don't mind Dean Koontz. I have definitely read Dean Koontz, but I, I probably won't be doing a, a Dean Koontz cast. Uh, okay, everyone. Um, so now what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to my. Let's see, my top ten Stephen King heroes. So I'm. Let's see, so I'm going to start off with... Um, actually, I'm getting run out, rid of one right now. Um, so I'm going to... Number 10 is a, is a split vote, um, and it is two younger female characters in Stephen King's works. Um, one is superpowered and one is not, but both are uh, incredibly vulnerable and show incredible signs of strength. One of these characters is Charlie McGee and the other is Trisha, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. So we have the firestarter and the girl who loved Tom Gordon. So Charlie's story is, is a, it's just, it's a great one to read. It's hard to read. She's a little girl who, since being born, pretty much has been on the run from the shop with the entire force of uh, the United States coming after her and just her and her father. But she finds the strength to go on, even in the darkest circumstances, much like the girl who loved Tom Gordon, who, without the uh, big sci-fi plot, uh, government conspiracy plot, it's just a little girl in a giant wilderness that, that has the will to survive. And actually, her strength, she's probably the strongest character in any Stephen King work, and they the two of them combined come clocking in at number 10. Number 9... Um, is if we're coming from the very young to the very old so this was one of stephen king's first characters where he truly got to explore the the aging process and and being past uh, our prime and he wrote of this character long before he he was the character's age himself and that was um ralph roberts from 1994's insomnia and ralph i just thought was a great character um as you know, you know that I'm a huge Insomnia fan. And I just loved getting to know Ralph and getting to, to know his story um, and the fact that he, he persevered despite the the death of his wife and he found strength and he started a, a new phase of his life and and uh, this this elderly man stepping in and, and basically saving the cosmos from the machinations of a... a um, wife abuser, uh, wife beater and um, the ultimate evil in the Stephen King universe. I mean that that, that says a lot. So we have a great character in, uh, in in Ralph Roberts and it's really too bad that we we didn't get to see more of him. Um, so Ralph is Ralph is our number nine and number eight uh, we have a character that is, Not just a Stephen King character, but also a Peter Straub character. And this is a character that sets off on an incredible journey. He's almost two characters, which is fitting, because we first meet him when he's a boy and later when he's an adult. Both versions of the character are... Fascinating, Um, and I just love this character and can't wait for Straub and King to collaborate one more time to give us the adventures of Jack Sawyer, traveling Jack Sawyer, who set out for the territories first in the page of the Talisman, and then later on in Black House. As a child, he demonstrated great strength in, in saving the Talisman, in saving uh, Laura de and his own mother, um, coming across supernatural evil, coming across very natural evil, um, having some moments of weakness and doubt, but continually pressing on his journey because he knew it was the right thing to do. He showed incredible strength, um, first as a child, and then later, Later in life, as a hotshot, brilliant police detective, um, shows incredible strength, um, and I just—I this is a character that I love thoroughly and can't wait to see more of. And speaking of which. Brings us to our number seven character, who I believe would have gotten along very, very well with a child, uh, Jack Sawyer. And I believe it's a missed opportunity that Stephen King didn't write any adventures of these two characters teaming up when they were both children, when um, one was alive and one was a child. And of course, I'm talking about Jake Chambers, the other Stephen King child character who can, quote unquote, flip between worlds. Jake Chambers is someone that that we first met in the pages of The Gunslinger and just watching him grow as a um, as just a, a boy out of place in the, the world in which we did, uh, originally discover him to becoming a gunslinger in his own right and just tough as nails uh, he's a great character guys he's a great character um, and he's one that is just hard to to say goodbye to and while we are on the subject of gunslingers I would say that our number Five greatest hero of all time. It's probably not the gunslinger that you're you're thinking of, um, but I would go with probably Susanna Dean, who, among all of the other co-stars in the book, whether it be Jake, whether it be Eddie, whether it be Roland himself, I would say that this character, as soon as she wheels herself onto the page, she demonstrates herself to be one of the strongest characters that Stephen King has ever crafted and she's one that only grows stronger with each passing moment successfully defeating her broken personality merging into an even stronger third personality and despite the, the the loss of her legs she just continues to become the the one of the most formidable characters of of the the gunslinger dark tower series and it's just fitting i i think that that Stephen King recognized this within her and as a result of the quartet she's the only one that that doesn't die she's the only one that is strong enough to cry off the the tower and pull out of the the, the bloody hypnosis that that Roland had put the rest of his quartet uh, under like like a spell you know, She's the only one that, that realizes that if she continues, she's going to die. And of everyone that has ever been in his life, she's the only one that was smart enough to walk away from it before she too wound up six feet under. Uh, Susanna is an incredible character. I cannot wait to see if they wind up making a movie, who they cast for her, because I can see her the legend of her growing to the point where when she's written for the screen that she she becomes even stronger a character. So this is something this is a character that I have a very that I have a vested interest in and I want to see how she continues to grow. Our number four Stephen King hero, I need to stress, is the novel, the, the character from the novel from the page, and not the character from the Film adaptation, because that character does not do him justice at all, which isn't necessarily the actor's fault. I think that the writing of the character, even though the the story was written, for, as far as I remember, by Stephen King himself, the movie, uh, uh, the, that the 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 actor doesn't do him justice. Um, but like I said, it's it's more because it was written that way. But the from the novel, this particular character starts off rather unlikable. And as unlikable as he gets, you you still root form, you still find him likable, and we watch him grow as a character, while we watch the rest of the world fall down around him. And in the apocalypse, he is able to find himself, and realize his true potential, and by simply standing up for what is right, Larry Underwood saves humanity ladies and gentlemen our number four stephen king hero of all time is the the moral center of his magnum opus which i've also used to refer to as uh, the dark tower also but uh but i'm talking about larry underwood uh the, the the singer turned savior of of the the soul of of our world so I mean, if you just read the stand, you might think that that Larry is the the long line, uh, just the latest in a long line of Joker characters, just these wisecrackers. But he he's more than that. He's someone that constantly self doubts himself and constantly questions himself uh, to the point where it's it it shows just how deep a reservoir of empathy he has because he's never callous even though he he might make some cold decisions the guilt that that follows it and the questioning shows that he is uh the one that that demonstrates the most humanity of all of the characters in the book and he's um he's surrounded by by characters that are um uh that demonstrate our our more heroic qualities but i would say that if we're going to give uh the award out for the one that, that pulled on our heartstrings the most, uh, I think the award would go to, to Larry. And I would say that our number three, a character from the same novel, um, even though he, he doesn't confront evil in the end, he's the one that is able to pull everyone together. Stephen King has always written about the everyman, and I think that the everyman is... Uh, he he isn't able to write a better everyman than this particular character. I think that when he when he wrote this character, he all he had to do was just drop the mic because as soon as we meet him, um, there's just something about Stu Redman, guys, that he's uh, I don't want to necessarily say larger than life, but. He is that, that quiet strength that so many of the Stephen King characters that we've ever read demonstrate. But um, his strength is not just life-saving. His quiet strength is world-saving as well. Um, he, in some ways, almost more than Mother Abigail, is the one to, to truly draw everyone together. And this small-town Texan becomes the political face... Um, and and leader world leader of of humanity in the ashes of civilization and i mean that really says something Um, and i just watching Stu from the entire book watching him watch his town fall apart watching him struggle in the cdc and come out on top and just watching the worst of what government was become government itself it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome so uh our number three is going to go to uh stew redmond uh who exemplifies the best of the what stephen king does on the the large scope on the large scale and our number two is our greatest hero, I would say, of the small scale. So where Stu Redman was the hero uh, in the, the face of apocalypse across the entirety of America, our number two character uh, was the, the face of humanity in a small town when evil came a-knocking. And this is the one, the only, Sheriff Allen. Pangborn. And guys, you know that I feel as though Stephen King could have written numerous books about Alan as the sheriff of Castle Rock, uh, solving mysteries, supernatural mysteries, and, and, and keeping evil at bay, saving his town. I think that would have been great. He certainly was a strong enough character. He is the only character that I can think of that was strong enough for me to buy as a reader that he could beat the devil using shadow puppetry on the wall. So I just, you know, you know, guys, that, that I think that, that Alan is great. I think that Alan is very similar to Stu, um, except, like I said, whereas Stu fights evil on the, on the, the highways uh, of America in the wake of a worldwide plague, Sheriff uh, Alan Pangborn demonstrates the same heroic qualities in a little Stephen King, Maine, small town and our greatest Stephen King hero is not the gun-toting, dusty cowboy that you thought that maybe I might serve as our our number one. Uh, It is not Roland the Gunslinger. Roland the Gunslinger does not make our top ten guys because how could I possibly put as our number one the man that in his very first book chose to sacrifice a boy in order to get to his destination so sorry guys it is not going to be Roland Deshane of Gilead and it's not going to be one person and it's kind of a cheat I would say that Stephen King's number one hero is a collection um I would say it's it's not one person it's seven people because with these seven characters, it exemplifies what I believe that Stephen King's philosophy of writing is. That's the kattet. That's coming together as a community to overcome the challenges that, that, that face ourselves individually and only coming together um, can we be able to combat whatever that is. So you know me by this point. You know where I, I tend to lean in my preferences. And you know how I feel about a certain book. And that book was it. And its heroes were the losers. And that's why I believe that Stephen King's number one hero uh, really is a collection of seven children turned seven adults who come together to fight the ultimate evil. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'm actually just going to put it out there and say if you want to my thoughts, if you want to, to listen to my deeper thoughts, then head on over to my three-and-a-half episode review of of It where I put it all out there. But those those characters, they, they leave a lasting impact. I think that Stephen King, he does them so well, he, he doesn't have to go back to that, that, that well again. So I'm going to throw some honorable mentions out there. I think that Paul Edgecombe, from uh, Dumaki, uh, was an incredible character, and uh, one that that truly stands out in, in his later works. Um, someone that was just trying to reinvent himself uh, and, and a new life. Jake Epping from 112263, uh, I believe, was a, a very, very strong character. Again, one of his later works. Wendy Torrance, who shines even brighter when contrasted with uh, Shelley Duvall from The The Shining but Wendy was always a strong character and in my review of Doctor Sleep I lamented the fact that, that she was dead and we didn't get to see more of her but I think that she is strong and Danny Torrance both as a child and as an adult in, in Doctor Sleep he's a good guy and I like the, the the duality that he has as an adult where he has a little bit of um, Abra in him and he has a little bit of his his father in him that that rage that that um that contrasting quality of of the shining and that that red red anger uh of red room that that flows through him as well and he always rose above it so i i, I think that danny definitely deserves an honorable mention and if i were to re-record this maybe i don't know in 10 years i i might change the the orders here and some of the honorable mentions might go into the top 10 but uh I'm not recording it 10 years, I'm recording it right now, and that's my list, and I want to know if you agree or disagree with that list, so feel free to write in at stephenkingcast at yahoo.com, and may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I will see you here next episode where M-O-O-N spells Stephen Kingcast.